0: Hey guys, this is Brian Cox, I hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for giving to our food drive, it's been awesome to see what God is doing there and helping our schools and supporting those families. We're going to continue to do that, so look for that each week, and again, thank you so much. We're going to start a new series today, it's uh, called For the One, and I want to set this up with a story that I read a few years ago, and I thought it was an incredible story, and It's about Larry Walters. Some of you may have heard of him in 1982. He had a great thought, idea. So I thought I'd just read the story, the news story to you. It tells it way better. So here we go. Larry Walters, who wanted to fly, he was a risk taker. And he got an idea one day while sitting outdoors in an extremely comfortable Sears lawn chair. He purchased 45 balloons from the Army-Navy surplus store and he tied them to his tethered lawn chair he dubbed Inspiration One. He filled the four-foot diameter balloons with helium, strapped himself into the lawn chair with some sandwiches, Miller-like beer, and a pellet gun. (laughs) Larry's plan was to sever the anchor and lazily fly to the height of 30 feet above his backyard while enjoying a few hours of flight before coming down. He figured he would pop a few brewskis and some of the 45 balloons when it was time to descend and lose altitude. But things did not work out as Larry had planned. When his friends cut the cord anchoring his long chair to his Jeep, it did not float lazily up to 30 feet, but instead he streaked into the L.A. skies as if shot from a cannon, pulled by a lift of 45 helium balloons holding 33 cubic feet of helium each. He didn't level off at 100 feet, He didn't level off at a 1,000. After climbing, climbing, and climbing, he leveled off at 16,000 feet, which is three miles. At that height, he felt, I love this, he couldn't risk shooting any of the balloons. (laughs) So Larry finds himself in real trouble and decides to stay up there. Drifting with his sandwiches and beer for several several hours as he considered his options, At one point, he crossed the primary approach corridor to LAX airport. Airline pilots started radioing in this believable sight. They told the story of a man who was flying across there in a lawn chair. They began every phrase with the statement, you're not going to believe this. Eventually, Larry gathered enough nerve to shoot a few of the balloons and slowly descended. As Larry descended into the night sky, The waning tether tangled and caught to a power line, blackening out the Long Beach neighborhood for 20 miles. Larry fortunately climbed down to safety where he was arrested by waiting members of the Los Angeles Police Department. As he was led away in handcuffs, a report dispatched to cover his story, a reporter asked him, Larry, why did you do this? Which Larry responded very calmly, he said, <laughs> "My screen will work here." Well, a man can't just sit around, and I thought that was an awesome statement. You know, I love this story, and you know, it's an incredible story. It's a little crazy, but you know, I think his point is that you know you can't just sit around; that time is valuable. Time is the most valuable commodity we have. And I was thinking about that, you know, there's two ways you can handle time. You know, uh, you can spend time or you can invest time. And I'm thinking now in this, uh, what we're dealing with, with, with this virus and being, you know, sitting at home a lot. When we used to say time flies when you're having fun. I don't know that anymore. It seems like I heard somebody say to the day it's—is this the 295th day of April? You know, because it's, it's just lasted forever. But I think about that, it's still important though, time. It's still very valuable. Because now we're choosing to do things a little different with our time. You know, I think it's Netflix and coffee most of the time. And that's great, that's how we spend it. But I want you to think about something. Something I've been thinking about too. How am I investing my time? Right now, we have a lot of it on our hands. You know, what are we doing with it? You know, are we spending it? Are we really just wasting it? Or are we investing that time? You know, are we making something, you know, very important out of it? And I, I want to give you a little financial principle, kind of lean into this idea that I think will help us understand that it's called compound interest. Now, some of you financial people, you know what that means. Uh, and I've experienced this over my life. I started investing a few years ago and understanding, you know, what compound interest means. And the best way I can explain it would probably be this is the best definition. Interest that earn on interest. You know, that interest builds and builds. And what happens financially is that when you, you put money in an investment, And then after a few years, you're like, "Wow, this has really grown." Albert Einstein, Einstein, said it was the eighth wonder of the world. You know, it's amazing what that looks like. Now, take that thought, and how can we make that into a kingdom perspective? What does that look like in God's world? You know, investing. You know, we invest in lives. We invest in others. How does that look? I want to give you a little example. So uh, we, we all have gifts, we all have talents, uh, we all have strengths, uh, wisdom. And so basically we have all those things. And what we do, you know, we give those things out. We invest in someone. You know, like my mother, my father, they invested in me, gave me wisdom, taught me certain things. And then what I've done, I've taken those same principles, those same values I've turned, and I've given those to my children. I'm giving those to people, and then they take those, and hopefully they continue to invest. And what happens is not just addition, it's multiplication. It's constantly moving. It's constantly growing. So what I'm talking about is how can we invest in other lives? What does that look like? You know, and it's not just... Uh, also it's not just the good things we do it's not just the wisdom and the strengths and all these things that God can use but he can use other things and it's a very powerful point I want to make to you today I want to show you this with this question I want to ask you this okay have you ever gone through something in your life and wondered why God okay I would say right now we're, we're asking that question almost every day why God why, why is this happening to me? Why, why are we dealing with this virus? Why did I lose my job? Why did, why did we have all these storms? Why is this happening? And it, and it really difficult for us to see the good in it. You know, to see that God could use that and, and make something good out of it. Now the reality is, that's life. You know, we have trials, we have tribulations, we have pain. You know, that's, that's part of life. You know, it, it's, and now I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of that at all. I'm not trying to say, well, we just need to get over it. No, that's not what I'm saying. Um, I'm saying that I believe God can take that and he can use that pain and bring something great out of it. You know, I'm, I'm 55. I am. I said it. I said it. I'm 55, and I just now I can get the senior discount at the golf course, and I'm so happy for that. But as I look back on my life, I see people talk about you know what I went through. They say I went through this, and and this is what happened. God leveraged that problem or that hurt or that pain, and He made something great out of it. And I really feel like what we're going through now is that we're asking why God, but I think. God has got us to a place where he's going to make something incredible come from it. If we just learn to look at the right place, at the right way, God, what are you doing? I think some of us are kind of like this. God marks across some of our days, we'll explain later. I'll explain it to you later. I'll explain it to you later. We're like, God, I want to know now. He's like, I'll explain it to you later. You know? And, you know, I think when we get to heaven, I don't know if is going to work this way, but when we get to heaven, I think we're probably going to go, for a million years, we're going to be asking, or we're going to be answering that question, oh, oh, okay, now I see what you were doing, God. Oh, you know, when I was down there, I didn't get it. I didn't understand all these things happening. But now I see when we look at things through God's perspective, we understand what he was doing. And I think we will one day. And I think it's why it's important that even so, God can use and gain glory from this that we're dealing with, from your pain, even so, God can gain glory from it. And even so, that was time well spent. So we'll look back and we'll say, you know, that was time well spent because it was a time where I invested in my family, or I invested in my neighbors, or I invested in my friends, or I understood, invested in my time with God, and I and I hope that that's what we'll see when we look back on this time, that it was time well spent. You know that our pain was not in vain; that God used it and turned it into something great. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little uh, a thought. You know about how does this look? You know how does how can we use this? What is the formula? I would say I don't want to call it a formula, but You know, I I think the Bible teaches us this principle of pain, purpose, and peace. And the bottom line I would say with this is this. Pain plus purpose equals peace. We all know the pain. And I tell you, if I could push a button and make the pain go away, I would. But that's just not a reality for me, not a reality for you. Pain's going to be there. But I do believe we can push this button. The button of purpose. And then Jesus does what he does when we find purpose. He gives peace. He always gives peace. No matter what, he's giving peace. But I want to help you today. I understand the pain's going to be there, that we're we're going to have to deal with this. But when we find purpose on it, God brings us peace. And we see that investment. We see that time we spend in purpose. We see that become an amazing thing in our lives and the lives of others. Okay, I want to use uh, talk to you about Paul and the Bible. He gives us a great example of this pain plus purpose equals peace. And here's what's interesting about Paul. This is what I love about this. Okay, if you don't know, Paul used to be Saul. Okay? The worst of all. Okay? He, he killed Christians for a living. That's what he did. He persecuted the church, and he was known in that day as this person that was so bad that when this came out, this was like a major announcement when he found Christ because they knew who he was, and this is what I love about God. See, God, you know, I've heard a a couple churches say, you know, everybody's welcome. Okay, nobody's perfect. Okay? Anything is possible. When I see Paul, I hear that. Everybody's welcome. No matter what you've done, what you've been, no matter what pain you've caused or been through, God God can use you. He can use the worst. Now see, Paul was the persecutor of the church, which became the the best church planner in the world. That the rock of the church is built on what Paul had done. Is that not amazing? And I think that gives us hope in knowing what God can do through you, through me. And that anything is possible. Anything is possible where you are and what you're dealing with today. Anything is possible. It's so cool. Okay. We'll keep going. And Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth. Now, he's writing a letter, okay, to Corinth. He's telling him this. Together with all the saints through Archaea, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to pause here and say grace and peace is available to you. Some of you may be watching today and, and, you know, you just don't feel that. You 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 don't feel like God sees you, but he does. And he said grace and peace is there for you. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I know someone today. I know you need to know God's peace and his grace. It it changed my life, what God has done for me, in knowing that I was that person that I believed I could be nothing. But when God's grace came into my life, he showed me who I really was. And and I think it's important that maybe you need to pay attention. God, what, what do I need to do? And at the end, we're going to talk about that. How can you accept Christ? How can you put him in his grace in your life? Okay? This is so cool. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. This is awesome because what it's saying is that God, our Father, has compassion on us. He understands what you're dealing with today. The heartache is so great right now. God sees it. He has compassion on us. And he is there to comfort us with comfort. And in our troubles at all times, that's what he's doing. But I want to tell you something. That's great and all, but and that's wonderful that God comforts us, but that doesn't bring purpose. Just Just comforting us doesn't bring the purpose. We're still missing the purpose. And that's what makes these next two words so important that Paul is trying to tell us. His formula, you know, how how do we do this? Pain, purpose, and peace. See, when God comforts you through the pain, here's what he tells us to do. So that. God comforts you and me in our troubles so that we can do what? We can comfort those in any trouble with comfort we ourselves have received from God. So what God is telling us, now it's your job now, as I'm comforting you today, as I'm, as, as I'm in your life and I'm giving you compassion and com- comfort and I'm helping you, it's your job to turn that around like we talked about, that investment. Turn that around and give it to someone else. That's what he's saying, so that we can do that. And I think in this time of where it's very easy to be selfish, it's very easy to say, what's about me? You know that we need to stop and look around we need to find ways to comfort people it may be a message on Facebook it may be a text it may be a phone call it may be a letter it may be praying for someone it's so needed right now how can we when God comforts us I I think what's happening if we're not careful is that we're going to get so self-absorbed with our needs and our wants that we forget that what our job is as Christians. This time in America is the time when the Christians need to stand up and love like never before. This is not a time to sit back and wait. This is the time to get moving. This is the time to start loving those around us. Even though we can't meet, that doesn't mean we can't love. We can love, and it's the greatest thing that we can do. We take our pain. Let's take our pain, okay, guys? Our pain that we have. Let's find that purpose. And let's begin to comfort and love. Then God's going to give peace. It's incredible. This is an incredible thing I think God is asking us to do as a church, asking us to do as a nation, as Christians. This is what we should be doing, is loving others. Okay? This last verse, love this. Verse 5. So just as the suffering of Christ flows over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. So Christ as his suffering overflows into us. You know, it flows to us, and then through us. We talk about for the one. You know, our God's comfort comes to us, and then it flows through us to others. For that one, when we help one, it helps another, and it becomes many, and it multiplies. So, we need to understand our job is to love and comfort at all cost. I want to share one more thing with you. How can we do that? Personal ministry, okay? And you say, "Oh, I'm not in the ministry. Uh, I don't do that." Well, let me tell you a little bit about me. Um, many years ago, I-, I had a job. Okay, people would say a normal job, and I worked at I worked at Ingles. Uh, I worked at, at Hartness. I've done a lot of different things. And I remember looking back at those times. And I was in that time where my mother was trying to teach me wisdom and, you know, compassion. And, and you know, when you're a teenager, sometimes it's difficult. And your 20s is difficult, you know. Um, not dogging you, millennials. I love you. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying that I didn't understand the principle as much as I do now. And that I was already in ministry. Just because you put pastor on my name doesn't make me in the ministry. It's because I have a parking place at church doesn't put you in ministry. You're in ministry wherever you are right now. It may be at your job, which you're probably working from home. <laughs> it, it may be at school. It may be with, I mean, it's difficult now, but you can still do what God had asked you to do and comfort people. But your ministry is not a title. Your ministry is where you are. You know, and I learned that. I learned that when I was working at Heartness, I remember that God taught me that principle: that you love people, your ministry's right here. You know, this is where you this is where you serve. It's right here, and that that has always been an incredible thing for me to learn. And I, I'm hoping that you understand that you're in the ministry, regardless of whether you work for a church or not. This is something that God has asked us to do, to love and comfort and give peace. I want to share someone that I thought was my incredible mentor. And I loved, I loved Martha, Dr. King, Martha Luther King, and I love what he said so many times. And I've wrote down so many things uh, over the years. And I kept this in my like my diary I had in my journal I had, because we talk about pain, we talk about purpose. Martin Luther King understood that. He understood, understood pain. He understood purpose and how to bring those together. And I want to read this to you because I think it's good for us in the time we're dealing with right now. It says, only in the darkness can you see the stars. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Let no man pull you so low as to hate him. What I love about this is saying we have to keep moving. We have to keep loving. We have to keep being the light in the darkness right now. We we have to do everything we can to drive out hate and bring love in. I've been challenged recently with with you know, you know how it goes sometimes? People people are yeah, they challenge you. And I'm reminded that love wins all the time. Love brings peace. So when you have that pain and you're dealing with pain right now, you're like, God, what should I do? Look for the purpose. Like Martha Martin Luther King did. Look for the purpose, okay, and let God do his thing. And you know, we're talking about what he did 50, 60 years ago and how it changed, how it invested in the lives of people, and you've seen that, that hate turn to love. And it's, a, it's amazing what God has done through that in the last 60 years. But I want to say this to some of you too, that you, you may not understand this love I'm talking about. You may not understand uh, the love of Christ and that he has a purpose for you, that he has a plan for you. Even in your situation, he is seeing you where you are and he has a plan for you. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know him today, this this is the time where you have a chance to accept Christ in your life. Or you can start over right now. You can say, you know, from now on, I'm going to start not letting my pain get me down. I'm going to Put purpose on my life and I'm going to start comforting and loving like I should. But if you'd like to accept Christ today, and you, know, you, may be, you may be at home, you may be you know, a computer, on your phone. I don't know where you are today, but you hear my voice and you say, yes, I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to change my life. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray this prayer with me, okay? Because I really believe, I really believe that if you allow God into your pain, he'll give you peace. He'll give you purpose. It'll change you. It can change our world. It can change your family. It makes an amazing difference to let God into your life. Okay, if you'd like to pray that, here's what I want you to do. I don't know if you can bow your head if you're driving, don't do that. But wherever you are, if you can, I want you to just pray this with me. Okay? All you got to do is say it. Say it to yourself. Say it out loud, whatever you want to do. Okay? I just want you to say, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose on the third day. I ask that you would come into my heart and save me and give me a new life. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that today, please let us know. You can click the hand on the online service there. You can do that, or you can wave a hand on Facebook. Just let us know, message us if you need to. We'd love to talk to you, and we're praying that God will give you peace through this time. And uh, thank you so much for being with us today. We pray that God will just give you the best week